Blog Talk Radio. You there, Mike? Mike? You there, Mike? Mike, you there? Hey, you hear me? I am here. Can you hear me good? Okay, great. This is going to be a good show, Mike. Hear you very well. This is um. This is about the oh. You seen the movie? I haven't seen it yet. Oh my God! It's breathtaking. The movie is breathtaking. It is um. You know the long. Nah, it's working. It has to be. It has to be to tell the story. It can't be. It can't be short. And tell this story. Um, when I tell you that the story is riveting and it it speaks to, you know, um, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to uh, talk about, you know, um, American history, we got to talk about true American history, uh, and we got to tell the truth about it. And this story is about that truth. It is um, the Osage people are, uh, they become the richest people in the world per capita. And, um, and mm-hmm. what, what America does to them and what America allows to happen. Hey, Omarox. Hey, DSOC. Hey, Navarro. Um, we're getting ready for this show. We're taping the show. This show airs in Los Angeles. Keith Napier, how are you? Um, this this show airs in Los Angeles Saturday um, night at midnight and then Sunday morning at 7 in the morning on KBLA Radio, KBLA Talk 1580. You can download the KBLA app. You should also download the iHeartRadio app. Um, hey, Boom Chuck, download the iHeartRadio app. And um, and then follow the Jay King show, huh? What'd you say, Mike? Follow the Jay King show, and um, and then you can listen to all my shows. This show is um, hey mother, um, I'm good, I'm good, Keith. This show is um, about a movie that everybody should see. Uh, it's a true story. It's called um, Killer of the Flower Moon, and uh, it is, it's a riveting story. Um, good morning. Hey, good, hey Michael Niner Jordan. Uh, it takes place in, 19, in the 1900s, early 1900s, 1906. Hey, Skip Martin, how you doing? So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a great story. You guys are going to. Be so, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised, but not because it takes place during the same time. Hey, Shulaks. Um, uh, hey, Mia, Maya. It takes place during the same time as um, what's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This story takes place in in Oklahoma. 
and uh, <laughs> and because Oklahoma was Indian territory, but we don't get all into that. The show starts in a few minutes. I'll, I'm giving you guys a chance, more people a chance to come. To come, we, we start at um, 7.15 in about nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Again, this show airs on um, KBLA Talk 1580, Friday, um, Saturday night at, um, at midnight, I think. Is it at midnight that it airs on, on Saturday, Mike? Huh? I can't hear you, Mike. Where are you? Did you walk away? We can't, Mike, we can't hear you. Did you walk away? Did you walk away? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you at all. Sorry, I was pushing the wrong button. Um, I'm back. Okay, well, it's on my microphone. So um, this show, uh, what time? At, at, at midnight on Saturday and at 7 in the morning on Sunday, right? I asked them to tell me what time, and they have it, I believe it's 7 a.m. on Saturday now, according to the website. Okay. So give me, so anyway, you can, you can listen to it anytime if you download the iHeartRadio app and search for the J. King Show. Hey, Beckman. So I'm going to give you guys, so first I'm going to start off giving you guys a little history on the Osage Nation. On the Osage Nation, um, they were called people of the Middle Waters out of the Midwest. So I'm going to give you guys a little background and tell you how they got, um, um, while Omarok said it was told on PBS documentary about five years ago. (laughs) So at the same time, they were um, destroying Tulsa, Oklahoma. They were killing the Osage um, tribe. Yeah, this all happened in Oklahoma, Bethany, because Oklahoma was Indian territory. Oklahoma belonged to the Indians. The United States gave Oklahoma to the Indians and said, this is your territory, and then they took it back, <laughs> and they called it, and they called them Indian givers. Fuck <laughs> your country, people in there. <laughs> and I believe that's where the term Indian giver came from. The government. It came from the government being Indian givers, giving something to the Indians and then taking it back. Um, we have about six minutes, so I want to give everybody a chance to get in that's going to get in. If you guys want to... Um, ask questions. You guys can ask questions. You can press the number one and ask questions. I will. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, it's beyond sad. Boom, Chuck, when I tell you, when I tell you the story, I'm going to say to you, go see the movie. Um, John Beckman said, Peckerwood's always effing things up. Not all of them, John. There's some good, there were some good white folks. Um, just like there's, there's, but you know, but our government, it wasn't just, if there were Peckerwoods, they were definitely in the government because they allowed these murders to take place. They participated in these murders. They protected these murders and they got rich from these murders. It is horrible what they did to these people. Hey, God's miracle.
Does Mike know what a pecker wood is, by the way? Mike, do you know what a pecker wood is? John Beckman wants to know. Do I know what a pecker wood is? Uh-huh. No. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, a uh, derogatory term for white folks. Now don't do you, need one. Huh? Do you know why? I'm going to find out why they call them pecker. We're going to talk about that. Remind me to talk about that tomorrow. John, where, where the word pecker will come from? Hey, Haka London. Um, Haka. Hey, Haka. It's, it's okay, Mike. I'm called Pecklewood every day on Kings in the Morning. <laughs> hey, John Beckman. John Beckman called people Pecklewood. John Beckman, you a Pecklewood caller. So if somebody called you one, you got to be able to take it because you give it. <clears throat> John, I mean, Mike, if you've been listening to Kings in the Morning, it's been good lately. We've been tearing the NAACT a, a new one. Hey, Pastor P. So we're going to be starting. Um, we're going to be starting in about four minutes. So this show is taped. That's not what we're listening to. Take, take that shit off, Mike. Mike. Why are you playing? Hey, hey, I'm Tracy. I don't want to hear that shit right there. Hey, Janet Marie. Um, so, uh, we, so you start playing Pecklewood music because he said Pecklewood. Is that what that was? No, we don't want to hear. Mike, he trying to shut the broadcast down. He knows that if, um, if he play, play that, it's going to get shut down. We three minutes, you guys, we got three minutes. So, uh, I hope you guys, I hope you guys stay for this whole thing. Hey, Jeff, Carlin is on, um, um, yeah, I hope you guys stay for the whole thing um, because this is a, this is a riveting story. Not only do I hope you stay, I hope you call other people and say you need to listen to this story because um, this and black folks should know this story because this happens. Hey, Janet Marie. Um, hey, Tracy. This this story happens simultaneous to. Tulsa, Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, they reference Tulsa. Hey, J. Ken. What's on the sound? Are we good, Mike? Okay, can I have you drop and reconnect one more time? Okay. So I got to drop him. He he waits to the last minute. Have me drop and then reconnect. Okay. All right, you guys. Hey, Lisa. Lisa, I hope you stay because I think you got a little engine in you. Uh, and this uh, this says a lot about um, about this country, about this government, about the debt, debt, debt that's owed. And irrespective of what happened to black folks in this country, what happened to the natives to the land, 
is more than criminal because they were wiped out. I mean, they were literally annihilated and genocide. Um, you got, we're not echoing. You might be echoing, Jeff, but we're not. Hey, hey, Tim. No, don't. We ain't playing that either, y'all. Okay, we ready, Mike. All right, you guys, we're about to start. Okay, here we come. Three, two, one. Hey, Annette. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jay King. Welcome to the Jay King Show. KBLA Talk 1580. We got a good one for you today, tonight, this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you um, are listening. This is going to be one of the most riveting stories you've never heard about American history. And I'm on a quest Mm -hmm. to stop talking about Black history. I don't want to talk about black history or Asian history or uh, or uh, Native history or Hispanic history. I want to talk about true American history. And if we talk about true American history, we're going to be talking about Native, African American, white, Asian, Hispanic, uh, um, Jewish. Immigrant. We're going to talk about all of those histories because they are all part of the true American history. And this is a story of true American history, a story that you've probably never heard before, that you don't even know took place. It's the criminality of this government on display like you've never seen or heard before. And this weekend, on Saturday, um, Stephanie was talking about going to see uh, the, the Colorado game in, uh, in the Rose Bowl. And I said, there's a movie I want to see. Do you want to go? And she said, there ain't no good movies out. And I said, this is a good movie. I think you I think you might want to see it. So I said, do you want to go or not? And she said, I'll go. So I think when Stephanie came to the movie with me, she wasn't expecting what she saw. Not only was it a movie that she wasn't expecting, it was a long movie. And when you take somebody to a movie that they're not expecting to see in a long movie, what you're going to get out of that normally is complaints, but that's not, that's not what I got. I believe that she was as involved in the movie as I was, as flabbergasted as I was, as mad as I was, as hurt as I was, as emotional as I was about this movie and the contents of the movie because the contents were true. This was not a made-up story. This was a true story. The true story of the 
Osage Nation, natives to the land. And before we get into it, um, the Osage have been moved from where they once um, grew and developed their culture to a whole other part of the country. The Osage Nation are people of the Middle Waters. They're a Midwestern American tribe of the, of the Great Plains. They're in the Ohio and the Mississippi River and the valleys, and they have a, their own language. They migrated west after the 17th century, but they were uh, developed in the Ohio and Mississippi River valleys around 700 B.C. They settled near uh, the Missouri and the Mississippi rivers. They started expanding into Ohio country um, after what was called the, the Beaver Wars. It was on the aftermath of the Beaver Wars that they, that they moved. The term Osage is, uh, is a French version of the tribe's name. Uh, and their name translates roughly to um, calm water. By the early 19th century, the Osage had become the dominant power in, in the region. They were feared by the neighboring tribes. The tribes, uh, they controlled the area between the Missouri uh, Red Rivers and the Ozarks to the east and the foothills of the Wichita Mountains to the south. Uh, they depended on nomadic buffalo hunting and, and agriculture. And in the Ohio Valley, the Osage originally lived among speakers of the same language and stock, such as the Kansas, the Ponca, the Omaha, the Quapaw. And researchers believe that the tribes likely diverged in languages and cultures after leaving the lower Ohio country. The Omaha and the Ponca settled in what is now called um, Nebraska. The Kansas, the Kansas in Kansas, and the Quapaw in Arkansas. In the 19th century, the Osage were forced by the United States to move from modern-day Kansas into Indian territory. Indian territory is what we call today Oklahoma, and the majority of their descendants live in Oklahoma. In the early 20th century, oil was discovered on their land, and they had retained communal mineral rights during the allotment process. And let me just explain something to you guys, the way this whole thing panned out. Oklahoma was Indian territory. The Indians owned Oklahoma. The United States government gave the Indians Oklahoma as theirs after giving them other parts of the United States and then taking it back. So when we call somebody an Indian giver, uh, even though it has negative connotations towards the Indians, it was really the Americans, the American government that were Indian givers. And what it meant is that they could give the Indians land and then take it back, which is what they did often. And in this case, Oklahoma was that territory. And 
they had the, the Dawes Rose, D-A-W-E-S. I believe it was Henry Dawes was his name. And he had these rows of names where if you were in Indian Territory, when the government took Oklahoma back and claimed it as an American um, state, they, um, they gave them land allotments. And the uh, Osage were given, I believe, 657 acres each. The land that they gave them was barren land most of the time. In other words, you couldn't really grow anything. It, it, they, they, they thought it not to be worth anything. But um, as the world changed and oil became a commodity, under this land was a lot of oil. And that oil made the Osage the richest people in the world per capita. But it also made them a target. And the killers of, and, and this is the movie that I want you all to go see. The movie is The Killers of the Flower Moon. If you don't see any movie this year, you want to see this movie. Just to give you context, a lot of the black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that were rich were rich because of the same thing, because of minimal, mineral rights, because of the oil under their land. They, too, were given barren land that had all this rich oil, all these minerals on, on the land, and that's how Sarah Rector became a millionaire, the first um, African-American teenage millionaire because of the oil rights. And she became uh, a white woman on paper. They actually passed legislation to make her a white woman so she could ride on trains in first class. Otherwise, she'd have to ride third class with the other blacks. This is American history that I'm talking about. And the history of this country has to be told in truth. So we have to learn what we want to fight about now. Do we want to fight about American history or Native history or Hispanic or Asian history, or do we want to fight about true American history? And, and, and I think we have to change some of our language if we want it, if we want our language to be, or if we want our, not our language, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm going to go back. Um, we have to change our language if we want our history to be told in its proper context. And we have to stop fighting for just our history. Because when we do that, we literally fall into the trap of the game that's been set for us. We have to fight for true American history, truth in American history. And I believe if we do that, all of these stories, all, the, the truth about who and what America is will be in front of us because we're just telling the truth. We're not making any people any more special than anybody else. We're just telling the truth about American history.
Killers of the Flower Moon is a true story about America and her history and her criminality and how she hides it in plain sight because she doesn't have to tell it because you don't force it because you're not because we're not smart enough we still play the old game we haven't upped our game we haven't gotten smart enough to um to trick it the way it's tricked us so i want you and um uh Snitchy Smurf just put in the in the chat room. Consider the viewing Killers of the Flower Moon available online in the US. You can use a streaming service such as Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime Video. You can also rent or buy the movie. I am I am happy that we went to go see the movie in a movie theater. It also was telling to watch some of the white people in the movie who couldn't watch it, who got on their phones and started texting because the truth, I believe, was in some, some instances embarrassing. And it was telling. And it made people uncomfortable. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. If you wonder who I am, I'm the president of the California Black Chamber of Commerce. I'm the leader of the group, Club Nouveau. I'm a community activist and a radio show host here at KBLA Talk 1580, 97.5 FM KDEE, and the jkingnetwork.com. We do a radio show called Kings in the Morning, Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be right back. How was that, Mike? How many minutes I have? Right, Jay. Okay. Um, how many minutes do I have? You're going to have 10 minutes here. Okay. 10 minutes? That was a nice long segment. Okay. 10 minutes. Got it. You ready? Uh, yes, I am. Here we go. You're tuned into the Jay King Show. At KBLA Talk 1580, my name is Jay King, and um, this show is about a movie I was able to see this past weekend, Flowers of the Killer Moon. What, what the movie did was it made me automatically check to see how real this story was, how true it was. I had never heard of the book. Um, I just saw the movie, and I said I wanted to, to, to um, see it, and uh I got Stephanie um, to go with me, talked her into it. She didn't really want to go. She really wanted to go to see <laughs> Deion Sanders and, uh, and his uh, Colorado Buffaloes. But I think she knows that it was one of the best things she could have done, if not the best thing she could have done on this particular day. Uh, the movie is telling about America, about the history of this country. And I suggest that each of you, uh, find out where Flowers of the Killer Moon can be watched and that you all watch it. I think um, it is going to um, blow your mind. It's directed and co-written by, um, by Martin Scorsese. 
the the film centers around a relationship between an Osage, Osage woman. Her name is Molly Kyle. Uh, she is a, a native, a pure native woman, and she ends up in a relationship with a white World War One veteran, Ernest Burkhardt. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio plays um, Ernest Burkhardt, and I'm telling you, he does an incredible job. This movie will be up for many awards. Um, Ernest Bernhardt is the nephew of um, a wealthy rancher named um, William K. Hale. Um, and this happens at a time when um, I, I, I said it's Killers of the Flower Moon. My bad. You guys are right. It's Killers of the Flower Moon. So thank you for correcting me. So um, this is set at a point when the Osage are considered the richest people per capita in the world after oil reserves are discovered under their land. And so the movie is about Ernest and Molly and how he marries Molly at the direction of his uncle and then conspire with his uncle to kill off Molly's family and other Osage members in order for them to get the cash and their oil head rights and life insurance policies. So their whole mission is to marry an Osage woman or man and and kill them off. Now let me let me tell you how this coincides with what's taking place at the same time in Tulsa, Oklahoma with blacks. So when black people started finding oil under their land, a lot of them had to have uh, um somebody to oversee their money because they said that blacks weren't intelligent enough to manage their own money, so they had to have an overseer of sorts. And that person would handle their money for them, take care of them, and if that African-American or black person happened to die or uh, be killed in some unfortunate accident, oftentimes the overseer of the money would be the beneficiary of the fortune, and they would take it. This is happening at the same time. These things are coinciding with each other. This isn't happening one and the other. They're happening simultaneously side by side. So you have, you have insurance policies being taken out on these people, and you have uh, rights being willed over in case something should happen to somebody. So in the book, it be, it's a who 
who done it a, a mystery and um it explores the broader historical context of what came to be known as the reign of terror including how the crime against the osage were investigated and partially solved by a team of government field agents led by a texas ranger named tom watt i mean a texas ranger named tom white scorsese in adapting the book said he wanted to shift the spotlight away from all the white guys and make molly and ernest's marriage the driving force of the film so throughout the film you're going to see the relationship of molly and ernest and how it develops and um and it's a beautiful story so beautiful that you might think at first that ernest loves molly but over time you will see the criminality of everything of the sheriff of the doctors of the leadership and how they are set and their only mission is to kill and take the rights of the osage people from them uh, under the auspices of they are lazy people they are lazy people who don't deserve this money and the odd thing about this is the people who are calling them lazy people are in fact lazy people who want to who want to take away the rights of people who own land that were given that was given to them by the people calling them lazy because they thought the land was worthless because it was barren nothing could grow they never checked to see what was under the land and so when they thought that they did something that outsmarted these folks that would uh make these people even more dependent what they found out was just the opposite that god had blessed these people and they in one year did 30 million dollars in the early 1920s 30 million dollars worth of revenue in one year white people wanted that money that is the story that this is american history this is true american history and these are the stories that need to be in our history book these are the stories we need to talk about my name is jay king you're tuned into the jay king show at kbla talk 1580 and we're talking about the Osage people and the movie, The Killers of the Flower Moon. We'll be right back. Somebody, they got that. You got it? How many minutes do I have on this next one? Um, 
we're right on time. So it's a nine-minute segment right here. Nine-minute segment? Okay. You're tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. It's the Jay King Show. And, you know, and I'm one of those people who I don't want to talk about black history anymore. I want to talk about true American history. I don't want to talk about black history anymore because every time we start talking about black history, um, then there are a certain group of people that say, you know, we, we shouldn't be separate anymore. You know, um, everything should be equal now. So I'm going to give them that. I'm going to say, okay, let's not talk about black history. Let's talk about true American history. Tonight, we're talking about true American history. So let me just take you guys back. So 1906 uh, is about 45 years after the Osage Nation had legally purchased and settled on a permanent reservation in north central Oklahoma Indian Territory. Um, the Osage principal, his name was Chief James Bigheart, and a half-native lawyer named John Palburn negotiated a deal with the United States government wherein every full-blood Osage received an allotment, a land allotment, of 657 acres of land that included a head right in the tribe's communal mineral trust. Now, surface property could be sold or leased, but the deal stipulated that mineral trust head rights, the right to receive a quarterly distribution of funds from the tribe's underground mineral estate could only be inherited by their owner's legal heirs. So you guys kind of get where we're going here? So only the legal heir could get the mineral rights and so that's why white men and white women were marrying Native people so that they could become the heir to those rights. And then they would, and then they would kill them. And that's just straight up and down kill them. So this meant that when oil fields were discovered under the reservation um, just a few years later, the Osage became some of the wealthiest people in the world. But here was the catch. Mm -hmm. uh, the Osage were not free to spend their own money. So the U.S. government put a system of guardianship in place under which any Osage who was deemed incompetent was assigned a guardian, almost always a white man, who controlled their money. And the system often resulted in guardians withholding or outright stealing money from the Osage. So, and this is where... Um, Ernest and, and Molly, when they meet in the movie, um, he's working as a taxi cab driver in Osage County, and they get married in 1917 at his uncle, um, um, Hale's urging, and they eventually have three children together, Elizabeth, James, who they call Cowboy, and Anna. Uh, years later, when Ernest was on trial, Anna died at the age of four after con contracting the whooping cough. So... The film depicts Molly and Ernest having a loving relationship, even as he is conspiring to murder her family. Um, now, the movie shows that he loved her, um, 
Molly loved Ernest. I don't know how much Ernest loved Molly. But the suggestion that Ernest actually loved Molly is controversial to some of the people that were involved in, in making the movie. So um, the reign of terror began in 1921. And this happens with the death of Molly's sister, Anna Brown. And then Charles Whitehorn. They were both found shot in the head in a remote rural area within a short time of each other. And over the next four years, at least 24 members of the Osage Nation and their allies, including Molly's mother, Lizzie, her sister, Minnie, her sister, Rita, her brother-in-law, Bill, and her cousin, Henry Rowan, all died from violent or suspicious death. So when Rita and Bill Smith and their housekeeper, Nettie, are killed in an explosion in their home in, in 1923, it prompted the Osage Tribal Council to appeal to the federal government for help. And so Molly is sick. Molly's dying. Molly believes that she's going to die because um, the tribe has diabetes. And so the husbands and the doctors are giving them sugar. Even though they have diabetes, they're giving them sugar, and they're dying. So Molly is given um, what they call, what they're saying is insulin. But we don't know, we never know what it is that they gave her, but they say that they've given her insulin, and she is literally dying. And so she decides to go to Washington with the tribe, and she is the only one that gets to speak to the president. And she tells the president about what happened to her sister and her mother and that everybody is dying and people are killing them. And he's the, she's the only person the president talks to. And then he walks away, and they think nothing is going to happen. And then the Bureau of Investigation, a few months later, comes to town. J. Edgar Hoover is over the Bureau of Investigation. They are not called the... Federal Bureau or the FBI yet. This is when, so when Rita and Bill and the housekeeper are killed, she goes and she says, you know, I need your help. So it's at this point that um, uh, White is signed to the case, the uh the agent, Agent White, and it becomes the Bureau's first uh, murder investigation. So he, he led uh, a team of field agents. Uh, several of them went undercover in the community, and what they started doing was gab gathering evidence and uh, uncovering the truth. 
And so it, it's very clever what they do. It's very clever what they do uh, to start. And this is where probably investigation uh, really uh, became um, sophisticated under Hoover and everything. And um, they start undercovering, uh, they start finding out that um, William Hill, along with a number of accomplices, orchestrated the murders of over 20 Osage people as part of a scheme to profit off their deaths. And Hell's accomplices include Ernest and his brother, Brian, um, and a whole bunch of other criminals. So when we talk about the criminality of a community, the criminality of the white community cannot be understated and the building of America and the wealth of the white community for the thievery, for the criminality that took place in this country uh, in its beginnings and why that criminality still exists today. Killers of the Flower Moon isn't something that you should think about saying. It is something that you must see and you must share with other people and you must tell them that this is a movie about true American history. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. How many minutes I have? All right, Jay, you have two four-minute four segments. Okay. Hey, no, my words. Hey, I'm sorry, you guys. I don't, uh, um, I don't say hi um, during these programs when I'm doing the show because, um, because the show is taped, and I don't want to make Mike have to edit a whole bunch of stuff out. So, hey, everybody. Hey, Rico. Hey, Joni. Hey, Libby. Um, hey, no, my words. Um, hey, Stunt PhD. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys, I hope uh, this conversation um, mm-hmm. uh, really um, m- moves you to w- to want to watch this movie. I'm going to do my my um, my uh, um, Highlands. Highlands, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. This show is sponsored by Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you. Earn your high school diploma there, help you find a career pathway, and it doesn't cost a dime, just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283. And remember, it's never too late to get your life in order. Hey, Manuel Gonzalez. It's the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. And uh, I really, I don't want to give a lot of the, uh, this movie away, but I don't think I can. I think no matter what I tell you, you have to see it to understand that this is true American history and um, somebody was bold enough to make the movie, Martin Scorsese, 
And I believe um, that he will um, that he it will win an award for uh, for this particular film. So I can't tell you guys everything about the film. I can only lead you to the water, but I'm going to tell you that you won't be fully satisfied. You won't be fully satisfied by the outcome. There's going to be some good parts. There's going to be some parts that's not so good. You're going to be disappointed with the fact that this is true American history, and in true American history fashion, the truth about American history is on display, about the inequities, about the inequalities, about the, 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 the mistruths. Mike said, what does it say about early settler mentality? <laughs> the same mentality that existed in early settlers exists in many today. There are many who don't believe black, brown, native people, people of color don't deserve the same qualities of life as white, even right now today. So what it says is that the truth about America is she has always been criminal. And uh, until she answers for her criminality, until she acknowledges it and says, not only have I been criminal, um, I have been egregious in my lack of humanity. I have been egregious in my lack of humanity. And so when we see some of the things we see today, it shouldn't be with any kind of surprise. It shouldn't be with, with surprise when you see people support the antics of a Donald Trump because those are the kind of antics that white America is used to. They can justify, and they do. They justify criminality from the beginning. The same way they justified the criminality that was imposed against the Osage people. The same way they justify the criminality that they imposed against black people after slavery, even after the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were put in place to protect us 
until we start having real honest conversations about the truth of America, who she is, and what she's always stood for, which is not equality, justice, and an American way equal for all. We're going to continue to have these conversations and pretend like these things didn't exist. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into The Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1680. Yeah, good. Okay, one more segment. Four minutes. Four minutes. It's the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to give you enough of the movie that it um, that it inspires you to to sit and watch. It's a long movie. It's about three and a half hours long. But I promise you it doesn't seem like it, and it's worth every second. And I hope um, white people in America watch this movie. And if it starts to make you feel some kind of way, if it makes you uncomfortable, if if you see something um, that, um, that... that you might be familiar with in your person because it has something to do with some of your personality. Learn from it. Grow from it. And get eyeball to eyeball with yourself and tell the truth about who you are. Talk about your own prejudices to you, your own racism, bigotries, and biases. To you. Talk about it to you. The movie is Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a story of the Osage people, but it's really a story of American history, true American history. And, um, and hopefully what it will do is it will encourage you to, on your own, do some of your own investigating about America, her history, and her criminality, and why the debt that's owed to Americans of African descent must be paid if America is going to be great for once. That the story of the natives to this land must be told if America is going to be great for once. John Beckman said, is it like seeing Schindler's List? No, John Beckman, because Schindler's List happened in a foreign country. This happened right here in your land. Carried out, unfortunately, by people that are descendants of yours. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. See you next week.
There's no debt to Africa. We're sold when we were born from our SS numbers, period, uh, is what um, Tina Love said. It just came out, Michael Niner Jordan. Conrado said, being raised till nine in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and told the stories of our Afro-Cherokee people would never be erased. Um, my, my mother, my, my great-grandmother, and my grandmother, my grandmother's from Oklahoma City, my mother was born in Oklahoma City. Um, my mother's mother, uh, my grandmother, Dorothy, was a red woman. Uh, she was extremely red, uh, and she had um, tight eyes. And so um, we believe, I believe she was Asian, black, and Indian. Um, my um, great-grandmother, and I don't know if it was her mother or my grandfather's mother, she was a very dark woman, but she had long black hair um, all the way down her back, and I believe she was um, part Cherokee. So um, in my family, there are a lot of um, natives on both my um, mother and father's side. So um, if you see my brothers and sisters, you um, notice that um, I am um, lighter than all of them. I am, I am the lightest of them. Um, but uh, if, you, if you go through my family, you'll see that even my, um, my um, uncle and aunt and my, my father is a darker man but um, his sisters are more my color. So um, it's that Indian, and it's a mixture of, um, of the Indian. But I hope, um, I hope this, this uh, segment of this show inspires you all, Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. But more importantly, what I hope it, you, you go do is you go read about the Osage people and, um, and, and then and, and find out about the Osage and, the, um, and Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and how those things are happening simultaneously. As a matter of fact, um, during one part of the movie, the, the um, Osage people are um, – are saying um, they blew up they they they, uh, they blew up Tulsa. They're going to do something similar here. They're killing us like they killed them in Tulsa. So this is happening. At the same time, T Dub said, "That's sad. I'm 56 years old. I never heard of this. I've heard of them killing the Indian, the what, and what, but you never." Never this way. Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the name of the movie, yes. Killer of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, if, you, if you start going through American history, and this is where we have to have a different kind of conversation. Uh, we we got to quit making critical race theory something that we want to talk about. I don't want to talk about critical race theory and our history. I want to talk about America and our history. 
our American history because you can't you can't sidestep that. But when you start trying to say black history, then you're going to get those racialist people who want to use race, uh, people um, that are the conservative folks who want to use race um, as a negative, as a divider, um, using it to say, you know, um, don't be anti-American. So I don't want to be anti-American because I am America. America don't exist without me. I'm, I'm part of the reason why America exists. So I don't want to be anti-American. I don't want to talk about black history. I want to talk about true American history. And that's what this story is about. This story is about true American history. This is the truth about American history. This happened in American soil, in an American country. And in the, in the, um, the 1920s, 100 years ago. So we should talk about this history. But I believe if, you know, um, a lot of times, unfortunately, black people want to be right. We don't necessarily want to win. And I, um, I've had people say, Jay, you can be right and win. Of course you can be right and win. But in the times when you can't be right and win, you have to decide, do I want to be right or do I want to win? And I want to win. I don't necessarily have to be right. It doesn't have to be told the way I want it told. I just want it told. Adrian Miller said, I went to um, TU as an African history major there, but also you should know we rebuilt Tulsa in the 80s for the Greenwood District. Yeah, I know. I've been there. But, you know, and Adrian, let me just say this. Um, I, don't want, I don't want Black Wall Street. I don't want Black Wall Street. I want Green Wall Street. I don't want to promote black business. I want to promote good business that just happened to be run by black people. Because when we start doing those things, it starts, they use it as a separator. And we fall in line because we want to be right. We want, we want, we want it just the way we want it, and you can't have it like that. You've got to change with the game. So um, I don't support or I don't promote black business. I promote good businesses that happen to be run by black men and women because I want to win. I don't, I don't need to be right. I don't need to put black in front. I need to put win in front. The reason why we haven't received the debt that's owed to us is because we continuously want our reparations and we continuously make it about a singular issue, money. Instead of saying, pay the debt that's owed for the crimes that were committed by the government and make it a smorgasbord. Make it where, you know, People who don't, want, who don't want money, I don't want any money. I got money. But I would love not to pay taxes for 10 years. I would love to erase some debt. 
I would love to get a small business loan that I could pay back over a period of 20 years. So if, I, if, if I'm a young person, I would love to get a free education. I would love to own a home. I would love to have health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, somebody else who hasn't had money but is really trying to get themselves together might say, I would love to get this debt off me. I would love to get $150,000. I would love to own a home. But don't make us all one thing. But we got to decide. We have to decide if we want to win or if we want to be right. Because we know we can't do or be both. And the reason why we know it is because we've tried it already. We've tried to be, we've pushed that line, and it hasn't worked for us. So let's be smarter now. Let's, let's figure out a way to win. Um, Adrian Miller said, I played your music on the air as much as humanly possible in that era. I was super into Club Nouveau. You, my guy, as a prime example of mentor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, we, um, we have to change our leadership. We have, to, we, we have to call our leadership out. We have to call our own communities out. Um, we have to start, we have to start holding ourselves accountable. We have to start being honest enough to say our communities are dangerous and we got to take the danger out of our community. We, we, but we, we got we to gotta quit telling lies about us. The lies that we're a loving people, we're God-fearing people, you know, we, we help anybody. No, we don't. Uh, Annette said, are you hosting forums for this discussion? I would love to participate. Hey, Gina, uh, maybe I will. I haven't, but we should. Let me just say this, Annette. Everybody don't like my shit. Everybody don't like what I say. Because our leadership already got a program in place. They already got a condition in place. If you guys have been listening to Kings in the Morning, you know that um, – what the NAACP is doing, what they did here in Sacramento to a, a young lady by the name of um, Betty Williams, who was the president of the NAACP in Sacramento, and she was running um, for the state, uh, for, the, for California, and uh, the guy who is uh, the president of the state suspended her and National allowed it. So, and, and I'm calling them out, and because I'm a lifelong member of the NAACP, I've been told that I'm, I can be... Um, uh, I can be suspended for the things I talk about uh, about the NAACP, and that I could be sued because of the things I'm saying about them. Because uh, I portray them as Goldie the pimp, but you shouldn't be Goldie the pimp if you don't want me to portray you as that. So um, we uh, we have to be honest about us. We have to be honest about the debt that's owed to us and how we're going to get to it and the people that we have in place that are speaking on our behalf um, are not speaking in a language that I think is going to help us win because they just want to be right. I don't want to be right. I've I've done that part before. I I want to win. So 
Anyway, thank you guys for tuning into the show. I appreciate you. I'm glad. Um, um, no, sus- yeah, suspended from running. She got suspended, Mike, from running. From running for office? No, she got suspended um, so that she couldn't run. They suspended her from running for office so that she couldn't run against the guy who was sitting in the seat so he only had himself to run against. Oh. Yeah, because because our because our organizations are corrupt. Yeah, and because they are corrupt, they do corruptible things. In my opinion, and we um, yeah, and the I'll, reason why, and the reason why we the reason why it happens is because we become lackadaisical as a community, and we um. And we we won't be honest enough with us. We won't we won't call ourselves out and say uh, that 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 we're lazy. And anything that doesn't affect us directly, we uh, we don't want to get involved in it. See, there, there's no I don't have a race I don't have a a dog in this fight. I, I'm I don't have a, a horse in the race. Uh, uh, me and Betty Williams are, are probably uh, at odds as much as we are in agreement, because just because of the, the way we think. But I would never, um, I would never let a system kill the spirit of a person, and that's what our systems do. The systems that we have, that our leadership, um, and I'm speaking about black leadership right now. The systems that are in place are in place to keep the community under the leadership, not for the community to flourish or for the community to have a voice or for the community to speak or for the community to be powerful. It's for us to be um, under what the leadership says and what the leadership does and how the leadership goes. And the leadership gets rich and wealthy and powerful, um, but it does absolutely nothing for the community. And that's why 50 years later from 1973, we have less in 50 years, 2023, than we had in 1973. And by 2053, the disparity report says we're going to be at zero wealth. Um, Gina Day said the SAC NAACP did nothing for me when I needed them to fight for my rights with law enforcement. Uh, G, um, Gina Days, uh, G Days, you're not the only person to say that. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone with somebody earlier today who said the same exact thing. Until you all get bold enough to speak up and speak out, um, they're going to run you over. Yeah, 2053. If you Google the disparity report, the road to zero wealth, all of you guys can read what I'm, what I'm saying. The disparity report, the road to zero wealth, you will find out why we will be at zero wealth by 2053 if we continue in the direction we're going in now. It's why a lot of my programs are about 
us building wealth, helping each other. If uh, if you got money and you and you're doing well, and the people around you don't have money, then shame on you. Because that means that you're not sharing your information, and um, you don't have to share your wealth uh, financially. You share your wealth informationally, and if they don't if they don't um, follow that, that's on them. But that's why we talk about financial literacy. That's why we talk about stocks and 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 you know and uh, buying. Um, things pre-IPO, those of us who bought um, into um, uh, Reviver, the digital license plate company, are going to probably become very wealthy. So um, uh, Mother Meadow said, grow your own garden to help each other. We have to do a lot of things to help each other. That should be um, our mantra that we um, wake up to help each other, not just black people. You help people. You don't help people because of what color they are. You help people because of the position they're in and they need help. And we have to put, you know, we have to put humanity on display. Um, Fenton um, say, sir, how often do you come on and what is the symbol of that stock, please? Um, that stock is not, um, it, it, we bought pre-IPO at 35 cents a share. So it's not available. But when it comes available, I'll let you know. I'm on I, – I, now I'm starting to be on Instagram the way I'm on Facebook. So every morning I'm on from 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on um, Kings in the Morning. That's a wild show, but it's, it's a good show. Um, so, um, yeah. All right, you guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, killers. Uh, let me remember, let me say it right so I don't say it wrong. Killers of the Flower Moon. So, uh, my Instagram is the official J King, the official J King, um, Michael, Beijing. Please share when it goes public. I am a serious investor. Um, Fenton, I will. Fenton, if you want to join our group, go to GSFLG, G like girl, S like Sam, F like Frank, L like Larry, G like girl.org, GSFLG.org. Sign up. It's absolutely free. Every first and third Wednesday, we meet from 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, you can ask any question you like and talk about the different stocks. We'll talk about different things that you can buy right now. The market is in, you know, you, you know, there's some really great buys right now. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on Kings in the Morning. Peace out. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Mike.